Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome to Tab Radio for Sunday, May 31st, 2015. I'm your host, Troy A. Berger, owner of Tab Training and Consultant LLC, coming to you live from the Kansas City area in Kansas. And today we have an unusual sunny and cool Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I say unusual and cool, pretty much since I've been here, it's rained every day, and we've had temperatures upward in the mid, low to mid-80s. So today is one of those days um, after the broadcast, hopefully I'll be able to get out and enjoy some of this sunny and cool air um, before it dramatically changes. Um, but I am definitely happy to, to be here broadcasting today's live call-in show. And um, so let's begin. I see I have a caller. Please state your name and the city you're calling from. My name is Brenda. I'm calling from New Jersey. Welcome, Brenda. How can I help you this afternoon? Well, um, I have a... Uh, external hard drive uh, that I used before, but when I tried to back up my current files last night, my computer didn't recognize the hardware. Is there anything I should be doing? Uh, there's a couple of things that I would look at. First, um, is that ex- the external hard drive, is that connected via USB? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, Sometimes what happens on a computer system, a USB drive may not be recognizing, um, in this case, your external drive. So I would do, uh, the first thing I would do is try to plug that external drive in one of your other USB ports on your desktop or your laptop and see if it recognizes it then. Uh, The next thing I would do, if you haven't already done so, is take another USB device and plug it into that same port that you were trying to plug in the drive. Um, USB connections are typically stable 90, 95% of the time, uh, but I have witnessed that on occasion, it uh, may be the, the port itself, it could be the connection either on the device you're trying to plug in um, or the cord, um, so there are some things that uh, I would try those first two things to rule out that the equipment is um, okay, and, and more importantly, that the USB port on your system um, is okay. And then there are some things after that that you might need to do um, if it still doesn't recognize uh, another device or um, any other example if the external drive isn't recognized in another port. And that, that's a little bit more uh, detailed, um, but I can definitely uh, put more of that information on my blog, which is Bridge the Technology Literacy Gap, and I'll include some additional steps that you can try out. Okay, thank you. Okay, Brenda. All right, thank you for calling Tab Radio. Enjoy your day. Okay. Okay, um, that, typical, that situation, I actually um, 
am experiencing uh, some difficulty in. Um, I have a laptop that's about uh, six years old, and one of the I have three three USB ports on that particular laptop, and one of the ports on the device uh, on the laptop itself. I've tried several different um, devices, and it does not recognize any of them. Um, the only thing it will do is power a fan that I use to keep the laptop cool, but it won't recognize any type of storage device. Um, so I tried the steps that I just shared with our caller. Um, I tried connecting other devices. It did not recognize it. And then when I plugged the device I originally had in that port and one of the other two uh, that's on the laptop, it recognized that external uh, drive in this case. Um, so unfortunately, um, one of the other things that you can do is you can go into Device Manager, um, uninstall the USB drive, and usually that drive will have some type of indicator. It's like a yellow triangle with an exclamation point letting you know that there's a problem with that um, port and reboot your machine and then try again to plug into that port. Um, in my case, the port, I've, I've come to the conclusion, is damaged. And um, unfortunately, at this point, to try and repair that um, would cost more, um, would be more of a cost than to what I'm doing now is I'm just not using it. Uh, what I did do, uh, actually what I will be doing this week, is going to the local computer store and purchasing a USB device that will allow me to extend or be able to add more devices using the other two that are working. And when I go there, I'm going to talk with one of the salespeople to let them know my situation uh, so that they can best provide me with the device that allow me to plug in uh, additional USB drives. And I have a mouse, a wireless mouse that I use as a USB device. Uh, so this way I can still use the laptop and also all the devices that I need to connect to it. Uh, again, I will uh, post that information on my blog, which is uh, Bridging the Technology Literacy Gap. Um, it's at training, padtrainingconsulting.blogsport.com, and you can find more information about this particular topic that we discussed today. Which lends me to share some uh, excited news. Um, I do want to uh, provide the call-in number, which is 347-884-9933. Again, the call-in number to ask your question live on the air is 347-884-9933. Um, to tie in some of the news I wanted to share, uh, yesterday I facilitated a webinar entitled what is under the hood of my computer and and found it to be successful in being able to provide uh really three parts uh, uh three areas of information to those that attended the webinar um then as those three areas were being able to identify the five basic components of a computer system understanding uh, the different 
operating systems that are that there, that are out there for a PC based system, and then providing a, an overview of the different types of Microsoft Office versions and packages that are out there. Um, and that seemed to be one of the highlighted pieces of information that um, seemed to elicit the most interest for those that attended the webinar, which was to be able to identify what programs are provided under which package and uh, what is the cost of those packages. Um, the whole goal of yesterday's webinar was to provide individuals with information that's necessary to make good educated decisions when it comes time to invest, invest in a computer system. And I use the term computer system because we have so much in the form of technology at our disposal uh, that we didn't have 10, 15 years ago, right? We have desktops, we have laptops, we have tablets, and we have smartphones. And each one of them is designed to obviously handle um, certain uh, goals and, and certain tasks, um, but they all do have one thing uh, or five things in, in common. And that's, just, that's one of the things that we initially began to discuss in the webinar. Um, I shared a computer advertisement from one of the local um, computer stores, and we were able to break down the different components within the ad to be able to identify what part they play in the overall system. Now, the five basic computer components, and obviously there are much more than just five, especially with all the advancements in technology that we have today, but those five basic components are processing, which is the brains of any computer system. Again, we're talking desktops, laptops, tablets, and smartphones. So you have the processor, which is the brains. It performs all the calculations, helps make the decisions based on your input as the user. You have memory, which controls how programs are run, which programs are made available for you to use. And the more memory you have, the more applications and programs you can have running any one time. And there are a lot of uh, memory programs, to say the least. Microsoft Office is one of those. Right? There's multiple programs. They are all typically uh, integrate it with one another, share uh, common resources. So that application in itself demands um, a lot of resources in the form of memory. Uh, the third component of any system is storage, usually measured in, in gigabytes, and that is the amount of space you have to store the programs, to store the files that you create, uh, to store um, the, the the favorites that are on your uh, web browser to store how your system uh, communicates, um, the information it needs to be able to print uh, and to be able to receive information from a scanner. Right? So we talked about processor. Obviously, the higher the speed, the faster the processor, the quicker it can perform tasks for you. We talked about memory. Um, which is what you need to run the programs. 
storage is the space you need to be able to store them so they can be put into RAM memory to be used. And the other two, which sometimes are usually ignored uh, from the perspective of space with an ad, um, but if you're looking at an ad on a, a company's website, they'll usually have a click on here for more details and then you'll see them. But the other two components are input and output. And your input is your keyboard. Um, a lot of smartphones have now where you can talk into the phone um, and ask for directions to the local store, ask for information about the weather. Uh, these are different forms of input. Your mouse would be considered um, an input device. Um, now even touchscreens allows you to interact with the system. Um, it's another form of input. And output typically are your screens, um, whether it be the three inch, five inch screen on your smartphone or the 17, 20, 55, 76 inch HD TV screen that you have connected to your desktop um, as far as being able to retrieve information. Printers are also another form of output, a hard copy of some information type entered processed and you want to harvest it. Um, so generally speaking, um, if you show a picture of a laptop, right, you'll see the keyboard. They now have this little symbol that indicates whether it's a touchscreen, right, another form of input. Um, obviously, there's a, um, a keyboard uh, typically, and even on a laptop, if you press um, one of the apps, uh, a laptop, I'm sorry, a keyboard will pop up, or if you press into like a text box, it'll automatically open up a keyboard, another form of input. Um, so those, those are your five basic components. Um, these were discussed in yesterday's webinar. And once you have that information along with the other two pieces, which is what am I going to do with this computer system and how much am I willing to spend? And you have those three uh, pieces of information. And when you go into that, local store or if you see something that's on um, one of the uh, shopping networks in the army where they kind of share plans with you so you only pay, pay a bill monthly uh, and not uh, pay for the whole entire price for that device, you have, uh, you'll be able to make a more educated decision um, and get the most bang for your buck um, and not be at the mercy of, of a person who may be trying to get rid of an older stock. Um, I have totally nothing against salespeople. Um, they have helped me tremendously uh, as far as making decisions, but I do like to go prepared with knowing what I want to do with whatever that device is I'm looking for, um, understanding what my budget is, what I'm willing to spend, and um, knowing um, more about the system, as much about the system, doing as much research about the system before I go in there and, and have that discussion. And so hopefully this information helps. Again, this uh, webinar entitled, What is Under the Hood of My Computer? It's going to be one that I'm going to offer uh, every month. Not quite sure when the next date is. It may be the second or third week of June. Um, and then once I establish that date, it will be the same period of time every month. I think it's a great webinar. It's uh, 60 minutes. There's a session at the end. Ask questions about material that's covered. 
in the webinar, and hopefully it provides you um, or helps you become a more informed purchaser of your next uh, computer system uh, or device. Again, this is um, live call-in show. The call-in number is 347-884-9933. Um, the show is geared towards novice and beginner users. Um, that does not mean you don't know anything. Um, it just means that there may be some questions or, or things you're just not sure about when it comes to technology and computers. So please call in and uh, share your question. Um, all I ask is a first name and a city and um, your question. So moving on to, to share a little bit more about um, yesterday's webinar and kind of the theme of just providing information to to you, to, to my listeners, whether live or, or archived down the road, is, is just really wanting to, to help create um, a community that understands um, a little bit more than what they may already know um, to help get rid of um, any anxiety that, that some may feel from a new computer or new technology or even a new version of the same program that they have been using. Uh, that's really the, the goal of um, my interest in doing this. I am the owner of Tab Training Consultant LLC, and our um, motto is Bridging the Technology Literacy Gap. And I do a, a variety of, um, along with this radio show, which I do three, uh, three times a month, um, I do a variety of free webinars. I do have some paid training webinars that will be coming up in June. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more until our next caller about uh, understanding which Microsoft Office package is best suited for you. Again, you can call in at any time. Uh, the number is 347-884-9933, If you are ever wondering which Microsoft Office package, program, how much they cost, um, they don't regularly come with a new system unless it's part of the package deal that you're purchasing from that manufacturer or from that uh, store. Um, in some cases, they do. some cases, most cases, they don't. It's an additional charge. But I really wanted to, to share, um, since I am a Microsoft Certified Professional and I've been teaching Microsoft Office um, applications for, for over 20 years now, um, starting way back with uh, Microsoft Word 1.0, or the first version of Microsoft Word, not quite sure if they it's distinguished it with a point oh or point one or one one point oh. But just understanding um how we should look at the app programs and, and what they're designed to help us do. And so what I did during the webinar is I shared a little chart that provided what I'm calling the desktop category, um kind of the layman's term of what it is I'm trying to do and perform. 
and then I showed the correlation between the actual Microsoft Office application. So this way, when you ask yourself, what is it that I'm trying to do with this new system? All right, we have a system. We, we need to use this system to accomplish some tasks, some goals. It may be required as part of our uh, job, as part of us being a business owner, a part of us being a student. So I wanted to, to share this chart that may help you understand, uh, make the connection between what it is I'm trying to do and which program is, is typically ideal or was designed to, to handle that task. And so we kind of just ran down this list. Uh, database as a category. When you think of database, you think of storing information. You think of that um, paper, um, that paper contacts that you have of, of your friends. Um, it may even be digital at this point in time. But databases is really designed to, to store mass amounts of data. Um, if you work in the finance department and you handle invoices, that invoicing system is along the lines of a database. It stores information, invoice numbers, stores uh, whatever the merchandise may be. It stores the cost, There's, uh, information for address, so how do you pay that vendor? That's all part of this database. If that's what you're the task that you have at hand, that's Microsoft Access. Right, we all know about, um, or we're probably most familiar with if we're typing a letter, if we want to um, create a document, uh, we want to create a resume, right? That's word processing. We use Microsoft Word. If you're in a business, um, if you have, a, if you're tied to a community and you do events and you produce calendars and you produce flyers and you want to produce greeting cards, that all fits in the category of desktop publishing. And that Microsoft program is called Microsoft Publisher. And that's where you would be able to handle those tasks. Um, I know probably a lot of users use Microsoft Word to create newsletters, to create flyers, to create signs. Uh, but if you get your hands on Microsoft Publisher, you'll understand how much easier that process is made because that's what that program is designed to do. Uh, digital presentations. Um, the actual webinar is a PowerPoint presentation. I am sharing information. I'm quite sure you've been in a meeting or you've been on a different type of training and you see slides, right? Slideshow. Well, that's Microsoft PowerPoint. Anything dealing with numbers, calculating numbers, manipulating numbers, creating charts and graphs, uh, making business decisions based on uh, model information. That is uh, typically called or uh, phrased as a spreadsheet. Anytime you're dealing with numbers, Microsoft Excel is typically the application that you want to use because of all the tools that are available to help you make those decisions, to help you make those graphs and charts, uh, identify um, areas of concern uh, within your business, uh, manage your schedule. Um, so there's a lot of different tools that are available there. Um, what I'm calling information management, your emails, your calendars, your tasks, your um, appointments and events, uh, even digital post-it notes. Those are all things that go under what I call information management as a category. 
and that's your program Microsoft Outlook. Again, we're talking about PC-based machines specifically, but Microsoft Office applications as far as the programs that you use to handle some of your professional, personal, and academic tasks. And last but not least is something I'm calling data organization, data research. Anytime you go to the internet and you're researching something, you need to be able to pull information from this website. You want to copy and paste something you saw here and include the link back to the source. You're doing a paper for school and you need to um, have it as part of being able to say this is where you got the information for, right? You want to give credit to the site, the individual, um, the group that you got the information from in your in your uh, academic paper, right? You don't want to plagiarize. So I use, um, I have used Microsoft OneNote, and I suggest um, anyone who, who's um, in school, I believe Microsoft OneNote was initially designed for students, for academia. Um, one way to think about it is if you remember that blue leaf notebook you used to carry in high school and maybe even college, and you had your dividers, and that's how you separated all the different classes and courses that you were attending. Right? The whole goal was to remain organized. You kept all your papers together. You were able to produce your homework assignment or your end-of-term assignment to the proper class um, without having to, to go through an entire book because that's the way you had it organized. Well, Microsoft OneNote is designed in that same exact way. It has, you can create different books, so you don't have, only have one loose leaf binder per se. You can have multiple, have one for business, one for personal, and one for school. And then you can create actual um, sections. And then within each section, you can obviously create different pages to, to store the information. But just from a digital perspective, it is such a super tool that I think goes so unused um, and even in, in classes and, and speaking to individuals, it's typically something if they're not in school, they are not aware of. And I think it's an excellent organizational tool, especially when you want to digitize. digitize um, as a note, you want to add a verbal note. You want to make a comment on something you're doing. Perhaps you want to include a short video. Um, these are all tools that are part of OneNote that you can add. And most importantly, it's definitely it's a tool designed to be able to share quite easily amongst uh, or with others and giving them permission to be able to see and for you to work together on a research project or on a school project. So I definitely recommend uh, taking a, a few more minutes to look into that and Google that or go to Microsoft, uh, Microsoft's website to learn more, more about it. However, I will be hosting... If, uh, definitely one, if not two, webinars in June, specifically on Microsoft OneNote. You can find more information about that at www.tabtraining.com. Um, starting tomorrow, I will have my updated website up there. I'll have a lot more information about what's going on in June. Um, please also take a look at tab, tabtrainingconsulting.blogspot.com. Uh, that's where my blog site is located, again, to be able to uh, get more information. Um, so, again, uh, we have two minutes left. So I just want to do a quick wrap-up. I um, want to thank our first caller, uh, our only caller for this particular show, Brenda, 
um, calling from Union City. Uh, thank her for uh, taking the courage to, to go on a live show, live air, and air her question. Um, I hope I provided um, enough information in my three to five minutes of answering her question uh, for her just to try to take that external drive and plug it into other ports to see, to rule out support. Um, also to see if she can connect other devices to that same port that's giving her a problem. We want to be able to determine if it's the external drive or if it's the actual laptop. Again, I will post more information on my blog site um, about that particular topic uh, so that she can uh, research and, and take it further if those two steps do not help her immediately with her situation. Um, and I want to uh, end with um, my typical closing segment. There are many challenges to increasing one's technology literacy, but it all begins with us, the individual. We have to decide, much like a business does, what are our goals, short and long term, where are we now, and what we need to do to achieve the goals that we set for ourselves. Technology literacy should be something that we use to help us meet those goals. I sincerely wish to thank um, Rinder from Union City for calling in, for all of my other live and future archive listeners for checking out Tab Radio Broadcast. And I hope you tune in to my next broadcast on June 7th. Please visit my website, www.tabtrain.com, to learn more about the services that I offer. My name is Troy Berger, host of Tab Radio and owner of Tab Training Consulting, LLC, coming to you live from Kansas City. Thank you.